Well, open your Bibles, please, to Luke chapter 5. If you're using the Pew Bible, you can find it on page 861. We've jumped around a bit um, as we worked our way through this fifth chapter of the Gospel of Luke. We've got one remaining passage that we haven't looked at yet, and that's this passage that we'll be studying today, and that's verses 12 through 16. So let's go ahead and look at that now. Let's turn our attention to the reading of God's holy, living, and inerrant word. Let's please give it the attention that it so richly deserves. St. Luke writes and speaks of Jesus, saying, While he was in one of those cities, there came a man full of leprosy. And when he saw Jesus, he fell on his face and begged him, Lord, if you will, you can make me clean. And Jesus stretched out his hand and touched him, saying, I will be clean. And immediately the leprosy left him. And he, Christ, charged him not to tell tell no one, but to go show yourself to the priest and make an offering for your cleansing, as Moses commanded for a proof to them. And then Luke says, but now even more, the report about Christ went abroad and great crowds gathered to hear him and to be healed of their infirmities. But he would withdraw to desolate places and pray. Brothers and sisters in Christ, this is God's word for you today. The grass may wither and the flower may fade, but the word of the Lord will endure forever. Amen. Well, to help us to orient ourselves rightly to this passage, let's remember where we are in the life and ministry of Christ. You know, we've mixed things up here in this last week or two as we um, pondered the crucifixion and the resurrection of Christ. This passage occurs early in the ministry of Christ. Jesus has just begun calling his first disciples. In the passage just immediately before this, the first Verses of Luke 5, Jesus called Peter and James and John to follow him. And these events occur just before the calling of Matthew, before the calling of Levi. But the word of the teaching and the ability of Jesus to heal people from their diseases has been spreading throughout the region of Galilee. And probably it's somewhere there, somewhere in the region of Galilee, most likely around Capernaum where Jesus has begun to base his ministry, most likely that's where the events of this passage occurs. We remember that in, in biblical times for someone to contract the disease of leprosy, resulted in that person not only not only experiencing the ravage of that horrific disease which would disfigure a person's appearance and could even cause a person's fingers or toes to fall off but perhaps even more important than that as horrible as that was perhaps even more crushing than as crushing as that would be was what it would mean to that person socially and relationally. Because if if a person was determined to have contracted this feared disease of leprosy, 
they would be required by law to remove themselves from society. That they would be forbidden from having any further contact with any other healthy person in the community. To have leprosy would be a life of isolation, of banishment, like an exile. The person would be isolated, separated from the people they loved, with no prospect of employment, no means of being able to provide for themselves. They couldn't work for themselves anymore. How would they be able to receive that which they were in need of? Leviticus 13, 45 and 46 sums up the life of a leper this way. The leprous person who has the disease shall wear torn clothes and let the hair of his head hang loose. And he shall cover his upper lip and cry out, unclean, unclean. He will remain unclean as long as he has the disease. He is unclean. He shall live alone. His dwelling shall be outside the camp. The person with leprosy lived a life of complete isolation from those whom he previously knew and loved. What would it be like, Haley, to be a mother of young children and to have leprosy? You would be required to leave them. What would it be like, Waylon, to have leprosy and to be a 90-year-old man, but not to be with family members who cared for you? Such people were isolated. It it was a, a life of constant rejection, constant despair and isolation and humiliation. Again, everywhere they go, they have this unkempt appearance and they're required by law to cry out, unclean, unclean, don't come anywhere near me. Completely ostracized from society. To call them an outcast, would be an understatement, but yet very true. But that Jesus had a special sense of compassion for the outcast and for the marginalized and and for the least of these. Well, that's one of the key themes of the Gospel of Luke. We give thanks to God that Jesus was willing to come to such people. We give thanks to God that that Jesus brings hope to the hopeless and offers himself to be a friend to the friendless. Is there some area in your life where you're feeling a lack of hope? Do you feel like an outcast? Do you feel rejected by those who once loved you? If so, be encouraged. For Jesus came to give hope to the hopeless and healing to the afflicted. Luke tells us that this man was full of leprosy. This wasn't a mild case. He suffered the the debilitating effects of this dreaded disease 
For how long? For, for how long had this man been separated from the people he loved? For, for how long has he lived this life of being ostracized and being so rejected? In verse 12, Luke tells us that when this man saw Jesus, he fell on his face before him and he begged him, Lord, if you will, you can make me clean. Or as other translations put it, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Don't miss the strong confidence of his statement, of this request. No doubt this, this man's heard of Christ's ability to heal. In the last chapter, we read about how as Christ began his ministry, he began that by healing a great many people of many different diseases. Has he maybe heard from other lepers who had been healed from Jesus also? Notice that he doesn't question whether Christ can heal him. He's confident of that. But his only question is this, Jesus Will you please heal me? Are you willing to bless me with healing? Might it be your will, Lord, that I be made clean? How will Jesus respond to this request? Look at verse 13. Luke tells us, And Jesus stretched out his hand and touched him saying, I will be clean. Or as other translations put it, I am willing to be clean. And then what happens? The man is immediately, completely, instantaneously healed. And don't miss the order in which Luke writes of this. Luke tells us, before the man was healed, what did Jesus do? He reached out and touched the man. Well, while that dreaded disease remained on his man, on this man, that disease that was believed to be so very contagious, did Jesus wait for the man to be cleansed to touch him? No, that's not what he did. I wonder, what do you think? When was the last time that someone who was well had touched this man? When was the last time that someone was willing to lay their hand upon this man's face? When was the last time that this man felt the warm touch of another person? When, when was the last time that a healthy person, rather than to, to recoil away at his mere presence, when was the last time, rather than that, when was the last time that someone looked at him, rather than turning from him, when was the last time that someone looked at him closely with compassion and instead of recoiling away from him, moved towards him and touched him? But that's what our kind, compassionate, loving, willing Savior did for this man. 
Why would he do such a thing? Because that's who Jesus is. Jesus is our kind, compassionate, loving, willing Savior. Do you know him in that way? If you don't, ask him to reveal himself to you in that way. In this passage, Jesus shows himself to be willing. He shows himself to be willing to touch this man with leprosy even before he's healed of it. He shows himself willing to to cleanse this man, willing to see that the man be restored to community. Jesus shows himself willing and able to make it possible for this man to be restored back into relationship with those whom he loves. And friends, Jesus is willing and able to do that for you and I as well. Where in your life do you need healing? Where in your life do you need cleansing? Where in your life do you need the touch of Jesus? From from what do you need deliverance from? Ask Jesus to give that to you. Recognize him as being the one who can do that for you. As confidently as this leper said to Jesus, if this is your will, I know you can do it. As confidently as that, Ask Jesus to do that thing that you desire of him. Remember, Jesus is strong and kind who invites us to come to him for that which we need. The leper asked Jesus if he was willing, if it would be his will for him to be healed, for him to be cleansed. And I would say that it's always God's will for one who knows knows Jesus as Lord. It's always God's will for such a person to be made whole, to be healed, to be restored. And thanks be to God, he is able and he is often pleased to do that kind of healing and restoration in this life. But sometimes that healing that Jesus brings doesn't come in the way or in the timing that we might desire. Our friend Dolly, who went to be with the Lord this week, is now completely healed, completely restored, completely well. And she's more alive right now than any of us in this room are. But, you know, I suspect that her husband, Ace, would have preferred for her to receive a different kind of healing. But the healing that Christ has given her is good. And it is complete. And it's actually a more better healing than what Ace and Dolly may have been asking for. Some people, like the leper in our story, are are healed and delivered completely and immediately from that which once plagued them. 
I've known people who were healed and delivery, delivered by the Lord from addictions and from other issues like that. For others, including maybe many of us, other times it may be that that complete delivery from that which ails us might be something that we'll end up having to struggle with for all of our lives. But if that's the will of the Lord, we accept that. And we give thanks to Him that He'll not give us more than we can bear. And we give thanks to Him for His daily sustaining grace, which His Word says is sufficient for us to be able to endure. And remember that He tells us that in our weakness, His strength is made manifest in us. As 2 Corinthians 12. Returning to our passage, Jesus heals the man. And then in verse 14, Christ tells him not to tell anyone except for him to go to the priest so that they can affirm that he's been cleansed so that he can be admitted back into society and so that God can receive the glory for his healing. Christ tells the man not to tell anyone else because the crowds are already becoming overwhelming as Christ's ability to heal is made known. But Luke tells us, even though Christ charged him in this way not to tell others, Luke tells us in verse 15, But now even more the report about Christ went abroad, and great crowds gathered to to hear him and to be healed of their infirmities. And then Luke concludes with saying that in the face of these large crowds and the people coming to hear him preach and to heal, Christ would withdraw to desolate places and pray. We we see that type of comment often in the Gospels where Christ would get away by himself to rest and to commune with his Father and to be reinvigorated to do that in prayer. We remember that if Christ needed times like that, how much more do you and I surely need those times of rest and solitude and prayer? As we seek to wrap this passage up, let me ask you a question. Would you agree that Christ received glory through his healing of this man with leprosy? Yes, obviously. Now let me ask you this. What was necessary for Jesus to be able to receive that glory? Well, first, Jesus needed to be able and he needed to be willing to heal that man. But what else was necessary for Jesus to be able to receive glory through the healing of this man? This man needed to be a leper. This man needed to have first been infected with this awful, dreaded disease. Here I think of the blind man in John 9. The disciples see this man, the disciples are walking with Jesus, and they see a man who John says was blind since birth. And as they're walking by this man, the disciples ask Jesus, Teacher, who was it who sinned that this man would be born blind? Was it him or was it his parents? And do you remember what Christ said? He said, neither. It was not that this man sinned or his parents, but so that the works of God 
might be displayed in him. And then Christ healed that man and gave him the gift of sight. That man had been born blind so that God in Christ could receive glory in his healing. That was quite the burden that was laid upon that man who was blind, wasn't it? But Christ received glory through him being healed of that blindness that he endured for how many decades? So here's a question for you and I to consider. Would you and I be willing to be born blind or to have leprosy if there were some way in which God could be glorified in some way as a result of us being born blind or being a leper? Which do we most want? God's glory or a life of ease? A life of no discomfort. A life without trial. Are you or I willing, and so you know I shudder as I ask this question, are you and I willing to have cancer or Parkinson or, or to experience the frailties of age? If that meant that God could be glorified through the way in which we endure that trial or that challenge or that disease, if it meant that God could be glorified as we trusted him through that difficulty, a difficulty, Laura, that might last decades, but still yet glorifying the Lord through the way in which we trust in him and rest in him. And as we face that, like Job, where we say, though he slay me, yet shall I trust in him. Though he slay me, yet shall I hope in him. Maybe you desire to have a spouse or a child but the Lord hasn't given that to you yet. That hasn't yet been God's will for you. Are you willing to accept that singleness or that childlessness if there would be a way that in that the Lord might be glorified as you live your life to the glory of God as a single person or as a childless person? Maybe it was the confusing will of the Lord for you to get injured just two weeks before the start of baseball season. And you wouldn't be able to play baseball for six months or maybe more. Are you willing to accept that? If there would be a way that God could be glorified through the way in which you face that, that disappointment and that adversity. Or maybe you're challenged with financial lack or, or underemployment or, or some other kind of difficulty. 
Maybe you wrestle with a temptation that just can't seem to be removed from you. Are you and I willing to endure those trials of life if it would be the will of God for us to have that remain upon us? If that meant that there was a way for the Lord to be glorified through the way in which we continued in the face of that temptation or in the face of that difficulty. Jesus looked upon the leper with compassion and he touched him. And that that, that touch was before he was healed. In that we see Christ's compassion, his sympathy, his empathy, his willingness. That touch of Christ encapsulates his very incarnation itself. Christ sees us in our plight and he comes near to us. And he makes himself vulnerable for us. He identifies with us. He he enters into the struggles of life. As one preacher has referred to it, the touch of Christ's pure hand on the rotting flesh of the leper is a parable of the incarnation in in the cross. Christ took on flesh and he became like one of us. He took on our sin, our defilement, and he gave us his purity. This account of of this leper and and his willing Savior who healed him. It's a very picture of the gospel story itself. We are in need. And Christ enters into our presence. And in his presence, we recognize the need of cleansing and healing. And it's the cleansing and healing that only he's able to provide. And recognizing our need of his healing touch, we kneel down before him, recognizing him as being our only hope for that which ails us. And we must believe that he can make us clean. We must believe that he can make us whole again. Do you believe that? 1 Peter 2, 24. He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. By his wounds, you have been healed. That's what this passage and all of scripture reveals to us. And that's what this table also shows us as well. That God the Son, the second person of the Godhead, took on flesh And he became like one of us, except that he committed no sin. And he went to the cross as our substitute, taking on himself our defilement, our infirmities, our sins. And he gave to us his purity, his cleanliness. Let's give thanks to our willing Savior for him doing that. Lord Jesus... We thank you that you were willing. We thank you that you were willing to heal this man, to cleanse him. We thank you, Jesus, that you are willing to leave your father's side and to come to this earth, 
to live as one of us, the infinite one, taking on limitations to himself, taking on flesh, entering into time and history, entering into a world that is broken, a world that is crying out for for redemption, crying out for cleansing. And Lord, you provided that as you were willing to take upon yourself the sins of the world so that the sins of the world might be taken away, placed upon you, the Lamb of God. And you have given to us, you have taken our sin debt upon you, you have taken our filth upon you, and you have then clothed us, clothed us with your righteousness. We are like that leper who you have made clean through your touch that occurred at Calvary. Lord, help us to recognize our need for healing, our need for the cleansing that we are desperate for that only you can provide in that way in which we most need it. Heal us, Lord. Cleanse us, Lord, of anything and everything that corrupts us, that brings death where you desire for there to be life. Be pleased, Lord, to lead us into this life, life abundant and a life of purity, a life of righteousness and a life that glorifies you. This is our prayer. Amen.